Um, I hate the dentist. No, no, I mean, I hate the dentist, okay? And I can't, I'm not going to tell you which tablets they gave me to calm me down because we're not here to promote drugs, okay, or alcohol. But, so I got to get, I got, they had to give me these, these, these pills to calm, to calm me down. And, um, and then they gave me laughing gas. This is like to get a cleaning, you know, shut up. And uh, I, true story, true story. My family would tell you, we found a new dentist and, and I went in there uh, ready to roll, right? And so I, I say to the dentist, I said, so you get a beautiful office. This is beautiful. Um, listen, um, I need you to knock me out. And he's like, what? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I need anesthesia. I need you to put me under. You know, it's like dramatic. And he's like, he looks at me, he's like, what? I was like, I have three cavities. I need you to put me under. He's like, this is, this is an unusual request. I was like, man, I don't care. I need you to put me under, right? So he won't do it, which is weird because I'm paying him, but he won't do it. So I'm like, really? Are you sure you can't put me out? Like, I never want to remember I was here, ever, right? And he's like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you tablets, and we're going to give you this gas. And I'm like, I've tried that before, man. I still remember what happens, and it's not good. Okay, so he, <laughs> I got a little disoriented on the chair, and I think I thought I was, like, in an airplane. And he's like, Judah, how you doing? And I'm like, this is a great ride, man. Like, I, was, <laughs> I didn't even tell my kids that because I don't want them to disrespect their father. But um, I got a little disoriented. And I want to talk about being a little disoriented. For instance, uh, we'll talk more about the dentist later, but um, have, you ever, have you ever had one of those moments where you wake up and you're like, where am I? Have you ever, has that happened to you? You wake up and you're like, where, where am I? And I'm like, who is that strange woman in my bed? No, okay, it didn't go that far, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> I got more jokes, but I'll offend too many people, you know? Like, wait a minute, she's not my type. That's a joke. Um, I wasn't that disoriented. She's the love of my life. 21, 21, 21 years, right, my love? 21 years. Um, thank you. Yeah, that's not easy. Appreciate it. You can clap one more time if you don't mind. 21 years. Um, so, you know, you get disoriented. You wake up and you're like, where, for a second, you're like, where am I? Where am I? And I want to talk about getting disoriented a little bit. Now, if you look up the word disoriented in the definite, in the uh, Webster's Dictionary, um, like, I didn't do that, but I like say that I did, but I didn't look it up in the dictionary. But I'm going to tell you what disoriented means. It means to lose a sense of direction. It also means that you can't think clearly, right? It's a, it is literally an inability to kind of know, like, what's going on? Where am I? Where am I? Where am I on the, on the planet? Where am I? Who am I? What's going on? What's my life about, right? And, you know, disorient when you wake up sometimes from a deep dream and you're like 30 seconds of like, wait, which, which, where, you know, where am I? And it's, it's an odd feeling. I think if we're honest, some of us are experiencing that internally. We've become a little bit disoriented. Now, some of you might say, minus the little bit, Judah. Okay, fair. Some of us are deeply disoriented. There has, this has been the most unprecedented season, and I'd like to go on record to say, let us all wish this is the most unprecedented season in the history of our lifetime. Somebody shout amen. Um, I prefer never to experience a global pandemic again. Uh, I am grateful for uh, the fact that we are here, but we cannot forget that there are many who are not. And this has been a season of significant loss. 
Loss is an interesting thing because I remember when my dad passed, uh, there is a, there's, a, there's a significant player or piece in my life that's gone forever. Does that make sense? And some of you are here, you've lost loved ones, family members. I met a new friend today who shared he had lost a son not long ago. That oftentimes produces, where am I? What am I doing? What is this for? Do you feel lost? I don't mean like lost on the GPS, but just in life a little bit. Now here's an interesting phenomenon that I've discovered in conversations with people. I've discovered people who have a good steady job, have a, a good family and a few friends, and they're still feeling lost, still feeling disoriented. Um, have you been hard on yourself recently? Have you noticed when you're alone with yourself, most of you are not good at being nice to yourself, if you're honest. And the problem with quarantine is we're stuck with ourselves. Everybody's like, man, I, you know, I, I love my spouse, but gee whiz, you know, this is a lot, you know? Um, what about yourself? Like, I don't want to be with me anymore. Like, I, need, I need some activity so I don't have to hear me. Right? I just don't, I'm just hard on myself. Have you been hard on yourself? Let me ask you this question. Um, are you tired of trying to get better? Yeah. I don't, I'll tell you what I'm tired of. I'm tired of everybody on television telling me how I can get better during COVID. Like, like please, please don't, now here's how you can make the most of this global quarantine. No, thank you. I don't want to make the most of it. I want to get through it. You know, call me an underachiever, but it's like, I don't know. You know, it's like, here's how to stay in shape at home by yourself, or not. <laughs> like, most of my staying in shape is for you, not for me. You know what I mean? Like, I want you to think that I'm, like, fit. And if I don't see you for a long time, come on. <laughs> right? Like, I don't, what? Do you, do you feel lost? Do you feel disoriented? Do you feel like you've been hard on yourself? We've all gone through some stuff. So here's, here's the title of my sermon, are you ready? It's like after 72 weeks being away, this is the title you can come up with? Here's the title, can I ask you a question? That's it. And this entire two hour speech, <laughs> shut up, is dedicated, Jason Lowe just left. All right, so, <laughs> kidding. Um, can I ask you a question? Only one question tonight, and we're gonna take the next few minutes to try to unpack it. Here's my question. Where are you? And you know I don't mean the Savant Theater. Where are you? Just for a second, where? I mean, what do you mean, where am I? Where are you? I didn't ask who are you. I just want us to think about where am I right now? Where am I in my emotions? Where? Where am I in my heart? Where am I in my mind? Where am I in my thoughts? Where, where am I? Where am I? I'm, I'm insecure. I'm afraid. I'm tired. I'm embarrassed. Where, where am I? Where am I? I'm, I'm uh, displaced. I'm unsettled. Where am I? I'm lonely. Where am I? I'm invisible. Where am I? I'm hurt.
Where am I? I'm offended. Where am I? I'm on the verge of divorce. Where am I? It's kind of like we're waking up from this COVID and it's not over. We know that. But we're disoriented, aren't we? And here's the biggest problem that we're not going to admit to anybody, but let's just say it. What we're all prone to do is to avoid the most important question. Instead of answering, where am I really? I'm just going to immediately assume where I'm supposed to be. Where I'm supposed to be. And here's what's going to happen out of this global pandemic. That's my prop tonight. We're a big, uh, we're, we're, we're a big production kind of church. It's my prop. Um, the hazers and stuff are coming soon. But uh, if you guys would give more in the offering, we could get hazers. So that's what it is. Someone's like, we don't project you on the screen. You don't give enough money. All right, so I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. Relax. Oh, my word. Is he serious? No. Okay. But seriously, you could donate more. Okay, so... We're, thanks for clapping for more donations. That means a lot. Let's say this is where you really are. Where are you in the Hebrew Bible in Genesis is the first recorded question God ever asks man. Where are you? In fact, I'd like to put on the table, it might be the most important question you're supposed to answer. Now, when God asks you where you are, how many know God is not wondering where you are? He's wondering if you know where you are. And I would like to suggest that if given enough time and focus, you know where you are, but furthermore, I'd like to suggest you don't want to know or acknowledge where you are. So this is what we do. We come out of seasons and we say, where am I? I don't, I, I don't, this is where I'm supposed to be. Who are you? What do you do? Who are your friends? What's your last name, your family, your heritage? Does your dad expect you to be here? Is this where the business you lead expects you? I got to, this is where I'm at. Where are you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. What are churches known for around the world? Hey, brother. Hey, sister. How are you? I'm blessed. Highly favored. Praise God. Apparently, everyone's from Oklahoma. <laughs> this is what we're known for. Like, SNL does skits about us. When people come to church, praise God, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. How are you? Blessed, brother. Amen. We... The cultural connotation of church in this country is that when asked where we are as Christians, those of us that are in this room, our answer is not actually where we really are, it's where we understand we're supposed to be. And this becomes incredibly ingrained in culture, not just church culture. So if you're here and you're like, yeah, crazy Christians, oh, hold on a second. Most human beings do this. Where are you? Well, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. 
I'm good. I'm good. I'll be fine. I'm, this is where I, uh, Judah, it's not just where I'm supposed to. This is where I want to be. I'm grown. I'm not over here trying to psychoanalyze, you know, my inner child and all of my feelings and my pains. I have grown up. And so I have made a decision, bless God, especially when it comes to my faith. This is not just where I'm supposed to be. This is where I want to be. And so it's where I need sometimes to pretend to be. But yet if I pretend long enough, maybe this is where I'll be. So when you say, where are you? I say, well, I'm a man of God. I'm blessed. The great friends, great family. Everything's good. This is where I am. Perfect. Where are you? Well, I mean, that, that might, where now, here's the cool thing about the exercise that we're doing tonight, and that is that when, if you don't, just don't look to the right or to the left. When I ask you where you are, you can give yourself an honest answer, but here's what I have discovered. The person you are least likely to be honest with is you. Is you. So, we begin this, we start living with this delta, and we start living with this disparity. And it becomes a lifestyle. And where we really are is something we um, steer clear of because we are getting better and trying harder and we're not going to admit it. So, so where are you, God asks Adam and Eve, where are you? This is the first question God ever asked man. He asked Adam and Eve, and do you know where Adam and Eve were? They were hiding with leaves covering their nakedness. This is the first time sin entered the dynamic of the human experience. Now, just to be clear, we don't have time to get all of the context and Chelsea has helped me become a better communicator. She's like, you over-contextualize everything. But I, I do understand that not all of us read the Hebrew Bible or the New Testament, and so sometimes things like sin are thrown out, and we're like, wait, what? How did sin? And what? Here's the reality. God wanted love. Forced love is how you go to jail. We've talked about this before. Love by decision is the definition. So God made you and me, not Pinocchio. He made us free beings to choose him or reject him. Man actually has a free will. Now God is sovereign, and we won't get into that wormhole, the, 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 the relationship between sovereignty and free will, because there is a beautiful tension in the human experience. But nonetheless, we have the ability to say, no thanks, I'm going to do the very thing the Creator said not to do. And that's what Adam and Eve did. Now, the moment they did that, something began to impact them in a dramatic way, and it's called shame. Shame. I don't want to overstate this, but, uh, oh, shame might be the biggest problem on this planet. On this planet. Where are you? You know why you don't like that question? You know why I don't like that question? Almost 100% because there is shame associated 
with where we really are, right? Right? So, so let me be where I'm supposed to be. And by the way, if you're like me and, and you're like a preacher or you are a leader of any kind or a communicator, we're actually, we're, 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 we're taught to help people just live here. And, and sometimes because of our understanding, when people try to go here, we're like, oh, no, 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 brother, brother, you don't have to, you know, I mean, come on, just, just trust the Lord. Come on, trust the Lord. Just come over here. Just, just believe God. And we give people platitudes and cliches to cover up what they're really going through. <laughs> We're like, no, 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 brother, just, just pray. Okay, just pray. All right, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. That's good, that's good, that's good. You've been memorizing the book of John? Oh, yeah, I've been trying, I've been trying. Okay, tell me what you know. Uh, in the beginning, the Word was God, and the Word was with him. All right, brother, that's good so far. Okay, all right, all right, all right, brother. Now, that's what's going to get you through. What's going to get you through is... And we tell people it's praying and going to church and reading their Bible. But what real people hear is try harder. And so we're all like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, right? You know what the truth is? I can't even like, in church world, I'm not supposed to tell people that I drink or stop drinking. That's not supposed to be allowed for preachers. But like I'm 42, it's too late now, right? So like, I'm not even like, no, 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 you gotta be careful. You can't be telling people like, but, oh, okay. How long are we going to do this circus? How long are we going to do this charade? Now, I'm not going to walk up here and tell you about Chelsea and I's sex life. Well, I mean, a little bit, but not in detail. It's something called discretion. I'm not promoting anti-discretion. You understand that? But, but I want to show you what I'm trying to promote. Where, where are you? Adam, where are you? Um... Well, what happened was we were hiding over here in the leaves. Where are you? So, all right. Here's what I want us to do. For the next 20 minutes, my goal is to get you to walk from here internally to here. Now, understand, and I'm not trying to be overdramatic, this can be one of the most unsafe exercises for anyone. Where are you? Do you know the second question God ever asked man? The first is, where are you? Do you know what the second one? Who, who told you you were naked? Who shamed you? Who told, me, who told you you were exposed? Now, I want you to think about this. The moment selfishness and self-centered decision-making entered the human experience, man felt exposed, and we still do. And most of our life, even amidst success and people applauding us, is making sure everybody believes we're here. And very few of us want to let people know I'm still broken and I'm still bleeding and I, I don't know how to stop it. Now, God forbid, somebody know what I'm talking about. God forbid you get a great job, 
or some people who follow you and listen to you and trust you and see you as a father figure or a mother figure or a friend or a brother, and, and they start coming to you and say, man, you're a model. You're an example. You, you are like, honestly, you're our inspo couple. You're amazing. We like you. We want to be just like you. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait, what'd you say? We want to be just, you guys look like the real deal. And you're like, oh, I need to like not sit there anymore. Oh, right. Yeah, what were you saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, man, absolutely, man. I'm always here for you. Whatever you need. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and no, our marriage is great. It's great. It's, right. it's great, right, babe? It's great, right, babe? All right, good. She said it was great. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, we're, we're here for you. Man, when are we, when are we all going to admit I got some stuff I don't want you to know about. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I had somebody tell my mom one time. My, mom's, my mom doesn't play around, okay? My mom is the person who used to sit on the front row when I started preaching as a young man, and I would get done, and she's like, now that didn't make any sense, and it wasn't biblical. <laughs> and I'd be like, but I cried, mom, and my friends from high school came, and they thought it was mad cool. And she's like, yeah, but it's not accurate. It wasn't truth, so... One time she's like, Wendell, that's my dad's name, we need to get him into Bible college immediately. <clears throat> and so I did. Now nah, I'm just kidding, but they gave me a degree, and that's the best route I've ever taken. So, <laughs> um, we all got stuff we don't want people to know, okay? And one time this guy said to my parents, he's like, well, I, I have nothing to hide. And my mom's like, oh, and that's the biggest hiding of all. And he didn't like that. We never saw him in church again. But I think the point is, it's like, Mom, I don't think that's how, I don't think that's how we're going to love people, you know, and you're the biggest hider of all, you know. <laughs> come on, like, it's just better if we all collectively come into a room and go, yeah, for sure. And if, if, if what we've all been through hasn't compounded this delta, I don't know if we're being incredibly honest. So here's what we do. Here's what we do. We see the delta and we hope nobody else sees it. And so here's what we begin to do. We say, come on. This is level one. Come on. Stop it. Hey, Judah. Hey, how are you, man? Good. Hey, great sermon last week. Ah, thank you, man. Appreciate that. Wait till next week, huh? Get over here. Get over here. Anger, get over here. Hey, how, oh man, pray, praise God, yeah. I'll be praying for you, all right, man. Praise God. Come on, church, let's, let's sing to the Lord. Good to see you guys, all right, man. Like I start playing the piano, like Judah, you don't play the piano. And that's level one. Right? And it's like when your kids are little, those of you that have kids, they're just like running all over the place. You're like, get over here. Especially it's like a new couple friend, and they're like, are these your kids? You're like, yeah, they are. Get over here right there. <laughs> Be respectful. <laughs> yeah, this is our son. We love him. Shut up. He's such a good boy. Be a good boy. Right? It's like, it's like little toddlers in our soul, and we're like, get. right? That doesn't work. So we're like, all right. No one's looking. 
Oh, hey, hey, man, hey, yeah, yeah, good. Good, man, yeah, good to see you. Yeah, all right, we'll, we'll talk soon, man. All right, all right, great. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Woo, man, I'm good. I'm good, man. How, you, you, it's been kind of a tough season. You've been good. Yeah, I don't look at porn. Oh, I didn't say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah, come on, man. All right. My bad. <laughs> all right. All right, man. Cool. All right. Yeah, see you Wednesday night, man. We're back. We're back. Woo! All right, man. All right, yeah. God bless you, brother. All right. All right. If that doesn't work, where I'm supposed to be by now, I'm 42. But where I really am, I'm finally. Am I the only one that's like, ah, forget it. I'm exhausted. I'm just going to be a duplistic person for the rest of my life. Hey, man, how are you? I'm a Christian. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's great. You know, but I used to think this was a Christian thing. And I lived enough life to know this can be an anybody thing. You know what I mean? This can be anybody. Where your dad said you're supposed to be. You know, you should have a job by now, son. Yes, sir, I... Absolutely, sir, yes. Honestly, after all, all this extra time, barely even going to school, you're online, and you haven't got a steady... Son, you're 21. Yes, sir, dad, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. It, it's kind of hard to go to work. Son, you should... Oh, yeah, you know what, dad? I've applied to several... I'm going I'm to I'm do that to do that. All right, well, are you good? And inside you're like, I really want to tell my dad that I just need a dad. I don't think I'm supposed to do that, though. Where are you? I mean, dang, bro. You don't want to know where I'm at, where I am, and can't tell my dad. He said, I need to grow up. I, I got friends. Everybody's got a career. Everyone seems to be doing great. I'm in the quarantine thinking everyone's really having a hard time, but I look on Instagram and everyone looks like they're on like a permanent vacation. Wow. I'm, I'm having the worst season of my life. So here we go. Doors are starting to open. All right, here we go. Do you know how many people got so anxious just to come here tonight because of hey man how you been what's up <laughs> my friend texted me the other day he's like let's let's bring back dog what up dog <laughs> d-a-w-g what up dog hey man what's up you good so good so good i'm good Cool. And we go home. 
Nobody knows us. Nobody knows us. Are you like me? Like you, you end up like, Taiwan, you're back already. I'm not ready, man. <laughs> you ever had one of those, you're like, you have one of those moments, you're like, man, how you been? And you're like, I'm going to risk it. I'm too tired. <gasps> I'm not good. And they're like, whoa, okay, buddy. All right, man, we'll be praying for you. And you're like, <gasps> okay. And you're like, never do that again. That was humiliating. And so we cover ourselves in leads. And we hope nobody can see us, you know, really see us. Most people live their whole life like this. Did you know that? Their whole life. And you know what's wild? Is that there's one little space in the world that is supposed to be completely different. It's called church. It's a bunch of people who are committed to two major values. Loving each other and serving each other. And <laughs> at least the culture seems to think we're the last place you go for that. And I just want you to know, I have plans to do our own little part in changing that. How are you? Do you remember the woman caught in adultery? If you don't, it's fine. I'll fill you in. It's a New Testament. Jesus meets this woman who's basically, um, um, she's snatched out of having sex with a man who's not her husband. And how these guys knew she was there, that's a whole nother story. They bring her, they throw her in the dusty streets of Jerusalem. And the story says that Jesus changes posture and he starts doodling the dirt. And then he says to the guys that are accusing her because the, the Hebrew Bible, the law says that if any woman or man is caught having sex with someone that they're not married to, they should be pulverized in their skull with rocks until their brain swells and they die. And so Jesus is, and, and these men are like, Jesus, tell us what we should do. And, and, and I never saw this before, but I realized that this scene was awkwardly long because Jesus was in the dirt with the woman and he was just there with her. See, what I'd like to do is introduce you <clears throat> to the one who made you, who understands why you pretend where you're supposed to be, but loves you enough to help you make the long walk back to yourself, where you really are. And I want you to know there's a God who just wants to be here with you. Where are you? I need a dad, God. I know. I just need a dad. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. Let's just be here. Don't you want me to do anything? Nah. Now the doing part is mostly me anyways. Just want, let's just be here. Anything else you want me to? No, son. I just want to be here. And the Bible says that one by one, the men with the rocks and the woman caught in adultery, they dropped their rocks and they walked away, which leads me to believe that Jesus could have been down here like this for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, longer than any of us would deem acceptable or not awkward. He's just here.
Oh, man. Come on, preachers. We've been preaching about a God who's like here. And the whole world is like, I'm done with your God because I don't live like, I don't even know if I can stand on this. Once again, our props are incredible. Who lives here? I don't. I live here. God, I am exhausted, man. What do you do? Me? Yeah. I'm like a motivational speaker. <laughs> really? What kind? Uh, I don't know, like spiritual? Hey, man, are you a preacher? Yeah, man. Are you down here? So are you, jerk. You know, like whatever, you know, like, yeah. Oh. And we keep preaching. Get up! Repent! Change! And everybody's like... It's a good point, man. I'm too tired. And nobody is telling anybody about the Jesus who sits silently in the dirt of your life with you and says things like, how bad is it? It's so bad. And I can't tell anybody. You can tell me. Tell me whatever it is. All right. Am I the only one who is still trying to find courage on a daily basis to say out loud to God and myself where I really am? Where I really am? Is it bad? Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm going to show you two more scriptures, and then, and then Taiwan and I are going to do stuff. Like, I'm going to start singing, you know. But Romans 8 and verse 1 says this, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. Those who are in Jesus. So the primary reason we're here and we try to avoid the reality of here is this thing called condemnation or shame, shame. So shame, the best we can do in, in fighting off shame, the best we can do is catch little windows and glimpses where we can kind of be honest a little bit. Have you, have you experienced this in the human experience? And you kind of like, you're like, I don't, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be, a sh I'm going to keep it real. You know, and you finally muster up enough courage to be like, I'm addicted. And everyone's like, ah, all right, well, we'll get you in a program. And you're like, I was hoping for people, but okay, you're going to put me in a program. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got a program in our church for people like you. Okay. Yeah, so it's a seven-week thing. Now, in seven weeks, you'll be fine. 
Are you sure? Yeah, this is, it's the best program in the local church. We run people through it, they get delivered every time. <laughs> Sounds like an awesome vending machine. Yeah, yeah, we just punch in the code every time. Week one is about transparency. And we all get transparent in, in, in the classroom. Really? Guys, I literally have invented programs, right? Like, I, I, I'm a pastor at church. Like, classes, I've taught in Bible colleges. Like, I'm not against this. But if it was going to work, like, deeply work, it, we, it's all about people, right? Like, so we have glimpses of, like, yeah, I'm really struggling. I'm really, you know, and some of you right now, you're like, this is a good sermon for people who struggle with being honest, but I, like, I don't. Isn't that interesting that that's the thought you're having right now? Just think about that for a second. So everybody knows everything. Well, I mean, not everything. So what needs to happen, by the way, that is really overrated. Did you hear me? That is really overrated. For the Bible says, man makes his big plans. And God says, I'm going to help you take one step. And we're like, okay, God, are you going to take me there? Because I was pretending to be here. But after Judah's sermon, I want to be here so that you can take me here. <laughs> Judah, is that what the sermon is? I like this. It's like, go with God back here so he can be like, What am I talking about? Arrival? Overrated. Overrated. This isn't, this isn't the goal of life, where I'm supposed to be, where I want to be successful. This, this is where I am. I don't have time to, to prove this to you, but I'm telling you, God is everywhere but he is more here than he is here. And I just have to let that be because the time doesn't permit. But he's here. He's just more here. Some of you are like, I don't, I want to experience God. This is, this is, this is, where, it, this is, where, this is where it happens. And the wild thing is we keep telling everybody, if you'll come here with God and tell him where you really are, he will propel you into everything you've dreamed of being. Or not. What do you mean? I just, maybe you won't be some kind of occupation or career or income or status or maybe you, maybe Maybe that's not the goal. You know, it's funny. When I started out in my relationship with God, I was so young, and I saw God as, like, the best captain of the ship because I was like, God is going to take this ship to the most successful, fulfilling waters. It's going to be amazing. Right? Like, and I was like, who doesn't want to follow Jesus? He'll make you awesome and great, and people will love you. 
And then you're like, hey, God, thanks for like being the captain of my ship. What a beautiful day on your yacht, God. This is the best. Like, let's play Maverick City. Gyra, this is amazing. I love you. Whoa, whoa, God, do you see that storm in the distance? Let's steer clear of that. Okay, all right. Whew, I love you, God. Oh, we're getting a little bit closer to that storm. Oh, boy, the waves are growing. Okay, all right, God, let's go back to Cancun. Now we're, that's where we're going. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, that's where we're headed. Why? I just, we're going to be together. No, God, I said, why? I said, we're going to be together. <laughs> You're so God. I said, why? We're going to be together. Oh, man. So being together is the goal? Mostly, uh... Oh. Oh. Okay, so I promise I'm coming to a, cl I'm coming to a close. That's a lie, but kind I am. Look what it says in the Message Bible. Look how it translates this. There is now, therefore, no condemnation... With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, faithful dilemmas resolved. Those who enter, please hear me. Have you ever heard of the, the term in Christ? In Christ? In Christ? We just read it. In Christ? Look how it says, it says, Christ being here for us. If anyone ever says, are you in Christ? Here's what it means. It means you enter into Christ being present here. I might start preaching. The reason we don't come here is because we are not convinced that God is there with love, mercy, and forgiveness. So we settle for leaves instead of love. Do, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm jumping here like Genesis account, you know, bear with the metaphors and stuff. And if you need clarification, um, email me. But um, so we... Where are you? Um, I'm a liar. You ever had anybody suck air on you? They like just, you say something, they're like, oh, you're a liar? That's crazy. And you're like, oh, guess I'm the only one. And we're like, yeah, until you stop lying, I don't know if God's gonna use you. <laughs> So we, we live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud. This is just the way it is, and most of life is pretending that we're where we're supposed to be. And isn't the dichotomy weird? Because everyone thinks you're successful with God when you're where you're supposed to be. That's not true at all. There's a little scripture that says, the gifts God gives you, are still given to you, even if you don't change your mind about God in your life. They just, they're just, so like, some of you are just good at stuff that makes lots of money. And people are, in the church, we've told people like, if you trust God, if you follow God, you'll make a lot of money. And people are like, once again, okay, where's God? Is he here? Okay, when's he gonna send me there? Okay. 
I love, that was the best sermon ever, right? The pastor said if we did those three things, God would propel us into success. Success has very little to do with your spirituality except how it affects it. Be careful what you wish for because you might have real success but not be really honest. And the delta grows and all of a sudden you're like, I'm a little trapped by my own life because I'm supposed to be a leader but I can't lead myself. So who do I tell? The last person I'm going to tell is me. So here's what Jesus does. And I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I'm closing. Relax, Jason. Do not leave yet. I know you got to go to Agora. All right. Um, so my friend Miles said this to me. He said, um, every day, here's the goal. is to look at the first question God ever asked man and go, where am I? And admit the human condition, and that is that this delta and this disparity is pretty normal. And to wake up every morning, and he calls it, Miles says this, he says, every day make the long walk back to me. It's not a defeated walk. It's an honest walk. I know over there is the, the great person Everyone, and you are, you're amazing. You're amazing. The goal is this every day with God. Here I am. Where are you? All right, we're doing this again. You know where I am. I know. I want you to know where you are. You want me to say it? I think you should. Okay. I feel insecure today. That makes sense. Thanks for saying that. Where are you? I'm so anxious. Thanks for saying that. I mean, you already know this, right? I do, I do. But this is good for you, I get it. Um, and all of a sudden, you just walked into a sermon on prayer. Can you believe that? Did you know that's what this was about? But if I started the sermon and said, I want to preach on prayer tonight. We'd all be like, oh boy, elevator music. Here we go. Right? Another sermon on prayer. When did prayer turn into something we think we're supposed to say to God? Most of us pray here. Where are you? God, I just want to thank you. I'm blessed and highly favored. God, I just want to thank you. I declare over my family, they are blessed. Now, listen to me. I'm down for all of that. Born and raised, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody makes more declarations over their families than this guy. But some of you know what I'm talking about. Where are you? God, I am here, ready to serve you. Am I the only one that's ever prayed a prayer that's so selfless that I'm impressed? Have you ever been like, I'll give you everything. God, I don't need anything. I just want you. 
take it all, God. I'll die for you. And he's like, all right, buddy. All right, slugger. I'm down. Hey, all right. How's your prayer time today? It was good. 45 minutes, I timed it. You know what you need to do, brother? You wouldn't be so discouraged if you prayed. Oh. I asked a friend of mine who had just met Jesus years ago. I said, um, how long do you pray in the morning? He was like, Taiwan, he looked at me like I was speaking a different language. I was like, he said, well, what? I said, how long do you pray? Remember, we're all shooting for about an hour together. Each day we're gonna try to pray an hour. This is what I used to be like. Some of you are like, I wouldn't have come to that church. Okay, so I've changed. We're praying an hour, brother. And he goes, he goes this, he goes, he goes, I didn't know we were supposed to time it. And I looked at him and I was like, I don't think we are. What has this become? Where are you? You know where I am. Tell me about it. <laughs> Those who enter in to where Christ is. And I can't guarantee you a timeline. If I could, I would. But here's what ends up happening. God comes alongside. Tell me about it. I'm so proud of you. You are? You know, God, I, I still struggle with that stuff. I tell my buddies that I'm doing better at. I'm not really doing better. I know. Can we just never tell anybody? Talk about that later. Okay, okay, okay. What do you think? I think I'm so in love with you. You are? The Bible says this woman in the dirt, everybody's gone. And Jesus has just been down there with her. And Jesus says, um, I should do more yoga. I can't even sit on my legs. It hurts so bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, start doing downward dogs up here. So, such a bad time. And my dad was always like, son, when you get to the emotional part of the sermon, don't make jokes. Yes, sir. <clears throat> he says, uh, where is everybody? She looks up. I guess there's no one. And he goes, and guess what? The one guy that's left... I got no shame to give you. I got no shame to give you. So go! Just like that? Yeah! Because what I'm about to do, do you understand what this, this story's about? This story's about not what God had, had done, but what he was about to do through Jesus. And the world was changing. The orientation of the whole solar system and universe was going to change. It was no longer you're going to get out of life what you put in. Now it was going to do bad but get good because God's going to take all of the judgment for your wrong and your error and your bad. So I present before you the dichotomy of the human experience. There's not a man or woman alive that hasn't been here or avoided here but I got news for you. Oh, we're going to build a church full of people that come here. 
And we're not going to put arbitrary timetables to people overcoming stuff in their life. That is not up to me. Oh, you still got a problem? Yeah. It's all right. Really? Yeah. But, 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 but. Well, I'm not just promoting that humans do this. I am trying to articulate that the one who made you does this. And he is just jealous for you to get in that chair. He's here. But he's so here. Where are you? But I know where you are. Come on. I'm not going to be mad at you. And before long, a little bit of progress begins to happen. And, and this is where I am. Do you remember Luke chapter 15? If you don't, let me fill you in. I'm done. This is literally, this is, I'm right on time in my sermon time. And it literally sounds like Tron the movie is happening up, up there. I don't know what that sound is. Okay. Do you guys hear that or is it just me? Okay. I mean, it feels like we're living in Tron now. Okay. Right, here we go. We're like in a Disney ride or something. And it's, okay, so. Is that weird or is it just, it's like, is it an pr old projector from 1992, you know? Okay, so. The Bible says about the prodigal son, there's a story that Jesus tells for people to understand what he's doing and who he is and what he's about, right? And so Jesus tells a story about a father and a son, two sons to be exact, and the one son stays at home, but the other son moves to Vegas or something, and he lives a crazy lifestyle, and he spends all of his inheritance that his dad gave him, and the Bible says that he gets really, really broke and bankrupt and gets really, really desperate, and the Bible says, listen, 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 Jesus says, Jesus says, Jesus says, but then he came to him. So, but then he, I don't want it to get bad for you, but I want it bad for you to come to yourself. I, but when he, when things got so bad, things got so tough, the whole world was in a pandemic. He made the reluctant walk back, and he finally came to himself. It's called continuity. It's called internal continuity, and I'm talking louder so we don't hear the projector from 1998, because it's getting weirder. Now, we've all entered the Tron ride. It's happening. <laughs> We used to do slideshows when my dad would preach. He did like slideshows. Do you remember like the slide? This is how the, like the air condition of the slide, I used to run slides for my dad. He'd be like, and we're reaching a generation. We'd show like slides of like young people in front of like spray painted brick. And those are the kids we're believing God for. You know, it's like they had spikes, you know, and we'd be like, they're crazy out there. Kids on the streets. We love them. You know, it's like, dad, these are kids from church. We dressed up, but you know, that's just band members preparing, okay? It hasn't gotten that bad. Everyone's leaving, okay. So, so I just want you to come to yourself. And do you know, do you know what it says when it says he came to himself? Look, 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 look. But when he came to himself, I'm done. The band's coming up. We're done. When he came to himself, here's the thought that hit him. 
My dad is so generous. My dad has such a great house. My dad has so much money that actually what would be better for me is to just own where I am just so I could just somehow, because my dad, my father is so good. And so many of you in this room tonight, you've been told that God is not a good father and that he's mad at you and that he has plans to judge you and hurt you and put consequences on you to remind you how bad you are. No! For the Bible says, what causes a man to change his view on God is God's goodness. It's his goodness. See, if I can move you from here to here, I would, but I can't, but I know who can. It might start with you standing up like, maybe I won't stay here. Okay, 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 now we're getting somewhere. Now come on. Man, I don't, I, that's scary. I don't feel safe. Nobody will hear me. They'll shame me. They'll tell me I'm, I, don't, I don't deserve to be. They won't let me be me. It's okay, no, 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 no. No, God is there and he's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Where are you? Really? There's somebody who wants to meet you here. And do you know what he looks like here? <laughs> I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. We're about to sing, we're about to sing. I'm done. Do you know what he looks like here? He looks like this. <laughs> Where are you, son? Are you going to be mad at me? I already forgave you. Come on, just be with me and tell me where you are. Oh, man, I dream about a church where people can be where they are. I dream about a community full of homes all over the world in languages and different ethnicities. I dream of a church where people can be where they are. I dream of a church where black men and white men honestly tell each other where they are and they listen, especially the white guys. They listen. You know, you shouldn't, no, 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 no. This is not a church where we tell each other how to feel. This is a church where we ask each other, how do you feel? Yeah, it must be hard. And it's, sorry, I'm here, thanks. And I got no idea what we should do, I know. This is where we are. This is what I want. And I'm gonna tell you, we're gonna take this as far as it goes. And a lot of people aren't gonna like it. And a lot of people are gonna be uncomfortable with it. But I'm 42. And life has got real short all of a sudden. 
and I decided a few years ago to build the church that God put in our heart. So where are you? Don't you leave this auditorium tonight telling yourself where you're supposed to be. Tell yourself where you are. And then listen, I really mean this. In the next few minutes as we sing together, I want you to hear the voice of your heavenly father. I'm so proud of you, my daughter. But I had an abortion, God. I know. So proud of you, though. I was there when you were hurting. I know you can't even tell your parents, but I love you. You do? Can we stop trying to fix each other and just love each other? Come on, church. I want a church where my kids can be who they really are. I want a church where pastors can be who they really are. I'm not promoting selfish living. I'm promoting honest living. So that's my dream. If I could say that's God's dream, I'm done. This is... I mean, in what world? Is that, I mean, is that in the roof? It's like... It now sounds like Donald Duck is dying. (laughs) What? Um, We close your eyes just for a moment. I want to pray for you. I'm done. I um, wanted people to feel lighter tonight, not because anything's changed in your life, but because everything's changed in your life. Where are you? It's okay. You're seen, you're loved, you're protected, you're safe. You're in his arms. Enter in to where God is here for us. If you're here tonight and you say, Judah, I'm so tired of trying to pretend where I'm supposed to be. I want to get honest about where I actually am. If that's you, would you shoot your hand up all over the auditorium? That's what, you talking to me, you talking to me, you talking to me, you talking to me, you talking to me. And I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. Nobody's looking around. But by raising your hand, you're signaling your own internal mechanism in your organs and your brain. You're telling your makeup, this is real. God is here. It's happening to me. God is speaking to me. His story relates to me. This is what I need. This is what's happening. I need to be free. I need to be forgiven. I need to be honest. I need to be candid. I need to be safe. I need to be seen. I need to be heard. Just raise your hand. That's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. So God, I pray for our church that is full of really normal, broken people like me. And God, give us the courage and give us the energy and give us the strength to make the long walk back to who we really are and where we really are. So we dedicate the next 15, 20 minutes of using music and we ask in the middle of the music that you would speak to us. Because there is not a person in this room that doesn't want to be further along than they are. But you are where we truly are. 
Lastly, and I'm done if you're here and you say, Judah, I would like to receive Jesus. Receive Jesus. Please hear me. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. You do not, listen, you don't have to change anything or do anything. You just have to receive. And here's all I'm looking for. If you feel divinely persuaded right now under the sound of my voice, I'm not asking does it just to agree with you uh, mentally uh, or internally. I'm asking you, do you feel the hand of God on your life persuading you? Do you feel the beckoning of the creator of the universe saying, I'm real, I'm yours. I love you. For the Bible says all men have fallen short of God's glory. All men have sinned. All men have erred. All men and women. But God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, that is to receive him, not earn him or deserve him, but receive him. Whoever receives him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you want the life that only Jesus offers, you want the forgiveness that only Jesus offers, and the reason only Jesus can offer it, because only Jesus was the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. Only Jesus came, and he spent years amongst us. He became one of us, and he was tempted in all ways that we are tempted. He was challenged in all ways we are challenged, and yet he was without sin, for because he was without sin, he could become your sin. So all of your air, all of your lying, all of your cheating, all of your selfishness can be poured on the person of Jesus and you can be forgiven and free. If you want that forgiveness and you want that freedom, only Jesus offers that. Only Jesus offers that. If you want my Jesus, if you want the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to carry you for the rest of your days, if you want a friend that sticks closer than a brother, he's here. He's present. He's not here to judge. He's with you in your dirt. He's watched you every day of your life. He named you before your mom and dad called your name. If you want Jesus, then you want his forgiveness and you want his friendship and you believe he's more real than the next breath you breathe. I want you to shoot your hand up all over this auditorium. Judah, I want to be forgiven. Judah, I want to know Jesus. Judah, I want to be with him for eternity. I want you to lift your hand. God, you see every hand. You see every heart. You see every man, woman, boy, and girl under the sound of my voice. And I thank you forgiveness is free. It's been paid for. It's been paid for. It's been paid for.